0: God bless you, beloved. Good morning. This is Minister S. N. Crockett Jr. Jesus Christ, our Lord, Christian Fellowship. We bless you. We praise you. We we bless the Lord. I should say we praise the Lord for allowing us to be here this morning. Excuse me. The 14th of June of 2020. Very tumultuous year. Some people are going to say on New Year's Eve, uh, when they go to watch night services, etc., they're going to say, "Ooh, I'm glad 2020 is gone." But you don't know what 2021. <laughs> you don't know what 2021 is going to hold. So if you say, "Ooh, 2020, ooh, pandemic, Corona, COVID, racial unrest, riots in the streets, black man dying at the hands of the police," that sounds like a rap song, doesn't it? Oh, I'm glad 2020 is gone. Well, you can say that. You don't know what 2021 is going to look like. It could be the same. It could be more. It could be worse. We just don't know. So we should always have an attitude. I don't know what the future holds, but I know who holds the future. And that would be the only true and living God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the God of all glory. We bless him. We praise him for blessing us and allowing us to be here today. We're going to continue in Ephesians chapter 2. I'm going to see if I can cover verses 6 through 10. So I'm not going to try to cover the whole chapter today. I'm going to try to cover 6 through 10. We did 1 through 5 on Thursday evening, this past Thursday evening, I should say. And so we're going to see if we can do 6 through 10 today and then Thursday, Lord willing, we'll go even further further. So we probably will finish the second chapter by a week from today. By next Sunday, so continue in prayer. Uh, we thank the Lord that he's sustaining the churches uh, that have not been able to meet physically. We thank the Lord that he has sustained them. That has been our prayer, that he sustained the churches because the church is the, church is the body of Christ. And so we praise the Lord that he has sustained them I've heard that some churches are even giving uh, more than they were giving when they were meeting. Um, I can't confirm that, but I've heard it from good authority, good sources, that the churches are giving, some churches are giving even more than they were giving when they were physically meeting. I can't explain it. Uh, I, I can just say it's a supernatural move of God upon the hearts of people. I have to leave it at that. It's his church, not mine. He's just allowing me to be a part of it by his grace, his sovereign grace, which is a, a major um, uh, theme of the uh, of Paul's letter to the Ephesian Christians. And so uh, we're going to pick up at chapter 2, we're going to pick up at chapter 6, after we beseech the Lord for his continuous mercies, because remember, I have to always pray that the Lord would continue to open the eyes of my understanding. That I may, I, I can't teach you if the eyes of my understanding are not open I, I I don't want to be the blind leading you know the blind or the blind the blind leading the ones who are not blind because <laughs> that makes no sense so I have to continuously ask the Lord to open my eyes because the Bible is not a book to be understood just because you read it the Bible is not that kind of book it's a, it's a it's a it's a book written by men who were inspired by the Holy Spirit And so if the Holy Spirit inspired the men who wrote the Bible, then that means only the Holy Spirit, right? Jesus Christ, the Son, the Father. It takes a member of the Trinity to open the eyes of our understanding. You can't understand the Bible just on your own. You can't because it's a spiritual book. It's a book uh, written uh, by men holy men of God. But the Bible says they wrote the Bible as they were moved, inspired, given the unction of the Holy Spirit. Let us pray. Father, in the name of of thy holy son, Jesus, we thank you just for the privilege of mentioning your name, the name of your holy son, Jesus Christ, our only Lord and Savior, our only King, our only Messiah, Lord. He who redeemed us from our sins. He who called us out of darkness into your marvelous light. Blessed be your name forever. Blessed be the name of Jesus, the Lamb of God, who takes away the sin of the world from the foundation of the world. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. We bless you. We thank you. We praise you. We ask that you make this a fruitful study, Lord. And we ask that you help us to hear what the Holy Spirit is saying to the churches. We pray, Lord, for churches, for ministries all over the world, that as a result of their ministries, that fruit and gifts of the Holy Spirit would be manifested, Lord. We pray that as a result of this teaching and preaching, that fruit and gifts of the Holy Spirit would be manifested according to your good pleasure, your good will, Lord. The same good pleasure and will that, Lord, that you brought forth when you saved us, when you raised your Holy Son, Jesus, from the dead and set him at your right hand father fire above all principality and power mighty dominion every name is named in this world and the world to come we thank you lord we bless you we pray we continue to pray for the country for the nation for the leaders we pray for the families of those who've lost family members lord because of police excessive force we pray lord for the children of the young man who was killed friday evening We pray for his family. We pray for the city of Atlanta. We pray for the mayor, Keisha Lance Bottoms. We pray for the police chief who stepped aside, Lord. We knew it took a lot of humility for her to do that. We pray for her, Lord, that you would just bless her in a tremendous way and move in her life, oh God, by Jesus Christ. We pray that you'll give Mayor Bottoms the fortitude, to stand in the midst of all this adversity. We pray for leaders all over this country, Lord, who are standing in the midst of adversity, in the midst of protests, in the midst of civil unrest. Oh God, by Jesus Christ, we pray that you would give them wisdom, knowledge, and understanding. We, We pray for the police, Lord. We know that most police, Lord, just want to do their jobs. We pray for that rogue element, that racist element even. We pray that, you said the heart of the king is in your hands like the rivers of water. We pray that you will touch the hearts of the, those police who overreact in these situations, Lord. We just pray. We pray for the policeman who shot the young man. We pray for his family, for his future. We pray for the other policemen. We pray for the angst, the anger, the hurt, the pain of those, Lord, in that neighborhood, and in the, in the University Avenue neighborhood, Lord. We pray for them. Oh God, we know they're anger, angry. they'll and, and that they plan to protest even further. We just pray, Lord God, that You'll touch their hearts. Oh God, by Jesus Christ, we know that You're going to get some glory out of all these situations, Lord. You're going to, You're going to call a remnant, Lord. You're going to call a remnant out to be filled with the Holy Ghost and serve You, Lord God. That's just the way You do it, God. You get glory, and You call a remnant, and You fill them with the Holy Spirit to do Your good, acceptable and perfect will you called me out of the midst of political revolution lord you called me out of the midst of that and then you saved me god and filled me with the holy spirit that i may speak the words as an oracle of god that I may tell people about your dear son jesus and i thank you lord blessed be your name forever thank you for allowing me to mention your name in sincerity i by father thank you by jesus we pray amen all right god bless you Ephesians 2 6 let me read Uh, I'm gonna start at uh, verse 1 and I'll go through verse 10 and then I'll pick up the teaching at verse 6 Uh, I'm gonna read from the King James this is Paul speaking to the Ephesian Christians and and please read read chapter 1 because you can't understand chapter 2 if you don't read chapter 1 you you've got to understand scripture in context otherwise the understanding that you really want that the lord wants you to have won't be there so please read chapter one if you get it when you get a chance if you haven't already i'm going to pick up at the beginning of chapter two and you have he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins wherein in time past ye walked according to the course of this world according to the prince of the power of the air the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience among whom also we all had our conversation in times past, in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind. And we were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. But God, who is rich in mercy for his great love, wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ. By grace ye are saved and hath raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. For by grace are ye saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. Ephesians 2, 1 through 10. I'm going to start teaching at verse 6, but let me just give a brief overview of 1 through 5. Uh, You hath he quickened. He's made us alive. We were dead in trespasses and sins. At one time, we walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, that would be the devil himself, The spirit that even now, Paul said, he said it 2,000 years ago, but it applies now. The spirit that even now works in the children of disobedience. So we have two types of people in this world. We have those who are obedient to Jesus, to God. We have those who are disobedient. We have those who are saved and they're striving to uh, live for the Lord. They, They stumble here and there. We stumble here and there. But for the most part, they're striving to live for the Lord because he has called them out of darkness into his marvelous light. Then you have those who are the children of disobedience. They, You have the wheat, you have the tares, you have the obedient, those who are in covenant with God through Jesus Christ and those who are not in covenant with God. They are the children of disobedience and they are still uh, beholden to the. Uh, mastery the uh, kingdom of Satan That's what the Bible says Paul says and he's speaking uh, ap- Under apostolic Holy Spirit inspired authority Paul said That at one time We all walked He includes himself We all walked According to the course of this world The course, the ways, the dictates The system of this world According to the prince Lower P, lowercase P, the prince of the power of the air. Jesus is the prince of princes. Jesus is the prince of peace. Uh, The Bible describes the Antichrist, uh, if you go to um, Daniel, the, the Bible describes the Antichrist as the prince that shall come. That's a lowercase P. The prince that shall come, that's the Antichrist here satan is described as the prince of the power the prince means one who rules the prince of the power of the air of the atmosphere the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience then he says in verse three among whom also he says we all had our conversation which means lifestyle in times past fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind And by nature, we were by nature because we are fallen creatures by nature because of the sin of Adam. The Bible says, again, Romans 5 and 12, Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin, and so death passed upon all men, for all have sinned. So we were by nature, the the, the Bible says here, the children of wrath, even as others, Paul says. Uh, In John 3 and 36, it says, He who has the Son has life. Meaning eternal life he who does not have the son shall not see life, but the wrath of God Abides upon him. So we were all children of wrath by nature But because of Jesus Christ what he did at the cross The fact that he died on the cross for our sins the fact that he willingly laid down his life for us at the cross The fact that he hung between heaven and earth as though he were fit for neither the fact that he hung between two thieves and and uh and made intercession for the transgressors made intercession even for israel the nation that rejected him bible says we were children of wrath even as others and then verse four in verse four there's a there's a there's a, a a holy transition but god we were we were lost we were in sin we were children of of wrath we were we were by by nature the children of wrath even as others Jew and Gentile Paul doesn't excuse the Jew here if you go back to Romans he says both the Jew and the Gentile are under the condemnation of sin until they until Jesus Christ comes into the picture but God this is our salvation this is this is this is that cowboy in the old cowboy movies riding up on the white horse but God but God, this is the Savior, this is, this is uh, General, um, uh, um, General MacArthur saying, I shall return when the Japanese, uh, when, when, when the Japanese invaded the Philippines, and, and, and MacArthur was ordered by FDR to leave the Philippines lest he be captured by the Japanese and taken prisoner. And, and MacArthur said, I shall return to, for your redemption. Maybe he was you know, making an allusion to, to the Bible. And MacArthur did indeed return. And it was MacArthur who was there when the Japanese uh, signed uh, the unconditional surrender on the USS Missouri at the end of World War II. But God, here God is riding to our rescue, who is rich in mercy. God is rich in mercy. God, although the Lord, the Bible says that, that God says, I will have mercy on whoever I'll have mercy And I will have compassion on whoever I will have compassion. But God is rich in mercy. God has no limited supply of mercy. He's rich in mercy. He's rich in mercy. But he says, I will have mercy on whoever I'll have mercy. Because he's sovereign, he will have mercy on whoever he'll have mercy. And he says, if I want to harden somebody, I can harden that individual for for my own purposes. We don't have to agree with it. We don't have to understand it. But... This is what God says, and His Word is final. God, because He answers to no one, we answer. I got a lot of people I got to answer to. In family, on my job, etc. God answers to no one. He says, "I'm God." Isaiah forty-six and ten. He says, "I'm I know the beginning from the end. I'm, I'm 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 God. Beside me, there is no other." That's the kind of God I want to serve. I don't want to serve a God that's got another God above Him. And, 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 or a God that's that's in uh, in the same as uh, you know five thousand other gods, polytheism. No, this is the true and living God. But God who is rich in mercy, for His great love wherewith He loved us, even when we were dead in sins, we were dead. We were dead. We were born dead in sin because of the sin of, that was passed down because of our 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 father Adam, our mother Eve even when we were dead in sins he has quickened us together with christ by grace ye are saved now let's pick up at verse six all right verse six he has raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in christ jesus all right god has raised us up this is our position no matter what our condition, no matter what our our condition is, God has raised us up and made and has seated us in heavenly places in Jesus Christ. That's our position. I preached a sermon years ago, your position, not your condition. This is our position. And it's, 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 it, in the Greek, it's written in a tense that shows a completed action. If I told you I shaved this morning, that's a completed action. If I told you I put my jacket on 10 minutes ago, that's a completed action. So when God has raised us up together and made us sit with Christ in heavenly places, it's a completed action. It's an action that will never be reversed. God is not going to raise us up to be seated in heavenly places with Jesus Christ and then reverse that action. Because it's in the tense showing a completed action. Now, I can shave tomorrow or shave and, you know, I don't have a heavy hair growth on my face. I could shave three or four days from now. But what I did this morning—if I shaved this morning, which I did—that's a completed action. So when God raised us up and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, it's a completed action. Verse seven: that in the ages to come He might show the exceeding riches of His grace. Listen to this: in His kindness toward us, through Christ Jesus. I want to read that verse again because I'm going to park there for a minute. That in the ages to come He might show the exceeding riches of His grace. There's that word rich again, the exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness toward us, his kindness toward us. Now, if you go back to the uh, if you go back to the third verse, it talked about at one time we were the children of wrath, even as others. Wrath. I mentioned John 3, 36. If you don't believe in the son, the wrath of God, you don't have life. The wrath of God abides upon you. But now we're down here talking about. The exceeding kindness of God, kindness, 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 kindness. That in the ages to come, they basically the Jews. Basically, see two ages: the age we're living in now, and the Messianic age. And the Messianic age is the age that we'll live in when we live in the Messianic kingdom, and then we'll live, we'll go into eternity with our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, and all the saints, etc. Could this be a reference to the Messianic age to come? Who can or would reject God's cr- kindness? Who can or would reject God's kindness? Uh, and I think ab- and I think about the kindness that uh, people have shown toward me. And I'm I'm sure that you think about the kindness that people have shown toward you. Kindness is uh, one of the fruit of the Holy Spirit. But I remember the kindness that certain people have shown toward me. And I always like to say that acts of kindness are never forgotten. Uh, uh, I think about my Aunt Doris. We called her Aunt Baby. And I think about the kindness that she showed toward me when I was a child. Uh, she didn't spend a lot of time with me personally, but when I would go to visit her, when my parents would drop me off, um, she lived in the projects in Buffalo, New York, in the, in the Willard Park projects. So if you're from Buffalo, the east side, you're familiar with the Willard Park projects down near the Talbert Mall, the Ellicott Mall, etc. Jefferson and William in that area, Peckham, Mortimer, that area. Uh, and I, I remember, I think she lived on the second floor she didn't spend a lot of time with me you know she didn't teach me bible verses and stuff like that uh but i remember her kindness she never gave me the impression that i was an imposition upon her she never gave me the impression that uh, she didn't want me in her home remember and i'm a child now and children you know they pick up on these things and she never gave me the impression that she didn't want me there that okay well, you know yeah, he can come but she never gave me the impression i was an imposition upon her she never gave me the impression that she didn't want me there but in the short time she was in my presence and she and again she never spent long periods of time with me you know teaching me bible verses or reading uh you know fairy tales to me or whatever but the short time that she was with me and it w- it might be just a brief few minutes she was very kind toward me and so when she got sick right before she passed this was in 2013 I, I drove up to see her. I drove a 1,000 miles to, up to Buffalo, New York to see her. She was in the hospital. She didn't recognize me. She might have been uh, in, one of her sta- in a stage of, of uh, dementia. Uh, but I wanted to go see her, and I wanted to minister unto her family, to uh, my, my cousin Lita, my cousin Darlene, uh, um, my, cousin, uh, my, my other cousins who were in, in, in that area at the time. I wanted to minister unto them, uh, but I wanted to go see Aunt Baby before she passed uh, because I wanted to pay tribute to her kindness toward me. And so kindness, I believe the Lord says, I drew you through loving kindness. And so kindness is something that I want and that we want to exhibit toward other people. I'm not always successful, but I do want to be, uh, I do want to exhibit kindness because kindness is never forgotten. Acts of kindness. I've never forgotten. I want to give you a few more examples. I forgot, um, um, I remember when I first went to graduate school, my second stint in graduate school. My first was at Fort Valley State University. But my second uh, trip to graduate school was at the University of Georgia. And uh, my tuition, my financial aid, was slow in arriving. And I remember I went to the professor's class, Professor Janelle Moraine. Never will forget that name, white woman. And I remember going to her class, and my my tuition, my financial aid, had still not arrived. So you know, in that case, what what the computer will do if your if your tuition is not paid by such and such in time, the computer will kick you out of the system. You're no longer enrolled. And I remember something that she said to me that stuck with me. She said several things to me, but I remember she said to me. Uh, don't worry, everything's gonna be all right. She didn't know me. I was a student in her class. It was a class on cross-cultural understanding, which is something we sorely need today. But I remember she said, "Don't worry, everything's gonna be okay." She didn't tell me, "Well, you know, that's not my problem. You know, you're, you know, if you want sympathy, it's in the dictionary under S." Uh, she said, "Don't worry, everything's gonna be all right." And then uh, she also said something else to me after I had turned one of my papers in to her. I remember her telling me, and again, you know, I didn't know her, she didn't know me. So it was like the Lord had sent her to uh, be a minister unto me. She said to me, she told me that I write with grace. I write with grace. I remember the kindness, her kindness. I dedicated, of uh, the first book that I wrote, I, I put her in the dedication Uh, Dr. Janelle Moraine. I know she's retired now from UGA. I don't know if she's still alive. But I remember her kindness uh, toward me. And so here we see the kindness of God. that in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. Verse 7. Verse 8 is a very well-known passage. For by grace are ye saved through faith and that not of yourselves it is the gift of god for by grace remember grace g r a c e god's riches at christ's expense for by grace are ye saved through faith and that not of yourselves it is the gift of god all right for by grace we are saved let it be known that this is a sovereign act of god let it be known that this is a sovereign working of god the father or the father ordained us from the foundation of the world the son redeemed us jesus redeemed us by what he did at the cross by shedding his blood at calvary's cruel cro- cross the son redeemed us the holy spirit quickened us you hath he quickened you were dead in trespasses and sins the same spirit who raised jesus from the dead the holy spirit quickened us or made us alive and sealed us. The Bible says in Ephesians 1.13 and 4.30. And he has sealed us. The Holy Spirit has sealed us. Until the day of redemption. What is the day of, rede- of redemption? It's when Jesus comes back. To redeem us. To fully redeem us. See right now we are. We were saved. If you've accepted Christ as your Savior. Whatever the day was. The date, the year, the month. It was May 20th, 1979 for me. I was saved but i'm even now being saved that's my mind by the renewing of my mind by becoming less and less like the first adam and more and more like the last adam jesus christ our lord so i'm being saved but i shall be saved my body shall be saved it shall be redeemed it shall be the corruptible shall put on incorruption the mortal shall put on immortality so my spirit was saved when i got when i first accepted jesus my mind now is being saved, is being uh, renewed, and then my body shall be redeemed. It shall be saved, if you will. Corruptible shall put on incorruption. Mortal shall put on immortality at the coming of Christ for the church. And so this, but the, all of these actions are the working of God. When I was initially saved, when you were initially saved, now that I'm being saved, these are these are these are working of the Holy Spirit. There is no, there is no salvation outside the working of God. There is no salvation based on the intellect of man. Man is a depraved sinner. He doesn't always act like what we call depraved. So when we when we think depraved, we think of, uh, you know, a cult like a Charles Manson cult or something like that, or we think of uh, a cop with his knee on a man's neck for almost nine minutes. That's what we think of when we think of depraved. But no, depraved, man is a depraved sinner, meaning it means that he is incapable of saving himself. Not all people commit depraved acts. Most people don't put their knee on somebody's neck for nine, almost nine minutes. Most people don't uh, lead or get involved with cults, murderous cults like the Manson cult or the Jim Jones Jonestown cult. Most people don't get involved with that, but man is a depraved sinner. That means he is incapable of redeeming himself, no matter how hard he tries. He can he can sow all the fig leaves he wants to. As Adam and Eve, they sowed fig leaves to cover themselves. Um, and man has been sowing fig leaves. In other words, man has been trying to come up with his own solution for his uh, his desperate need of salvation. Uh, uh, since the beginning of, of, of recorded time, since the beginning, since Adam and Eve. But no, you remember, God provided a sacrifice for Adam and Eve to cover their sins. And then God provided sacrifices for everyone after that to cover their sins until the time of of, of restitution, until the time that Jesus Christ, until the fullness of time. when The Bible says God sent forth his son, Jesus, made of a woman, made under the law, to redeem those who were under the law, that we might receive the adoption of sons. So man is a depraved sinner. I know man thinks of himself as enlightened, and you had the age of enlightenment and the renaissance, and we've got all these technological advances, et cetera, and we we just put a rocket ship into space that docked with the Spate International Space Station, and we've got all this technology. Man is still a depraved sinner. Because if you notice, even though we've got all this technology and all these uh, advances in medicine, etc. We're, we're, we're still no better off Spiritually Outside of Christ Man is a depraved sinner It doesn't matter how many iPhones he invents It doesn't matter if we go to Mars or Jupiter Or we visit outer galaxies, exoplanets, etc Man is a depraved sinner And the only, the only remedy for that depravity Is Jesus Christ That is, Jesus is the way, he's the answer He's the truth, he's the life for by grace are you saved through faith. And that not of yourselves. What? What? What's not of ourselves? Our salvation. Even the faith that we exhibit. It's a working of the Holy Spirit. None of this is of ourselves. You can't say one day, Well, because of the faith that I manufactured, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to trust in Christ. No. Because if you go back to chapter 1, Listen Listen to what Paul said in chapter 1. In, in chapter 1, the whole chapter really, but if you go back to chapter 1, Paul says, In whom also we have obtained an inheritance being predestinated according to the purpose of him who worketh all things after the counsel of his own will, that we should be to the praise of the glory who first trusted in Christ, the praise of his glory, excuse me, who first trusted in Christ. In whom ye also trusted after that ye heard the word of truth. Listen, This is a working of the Holy Spirit. Listen to verse 13 of Ephesians chapter 1. In whom ye also trusted after that ye heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation. This is a working of the Lord. In whom also after that ye believed, ye were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise. This is all a working of the Lord. This this doesn't happen without the Lord. This doesn't happen by man's effort. This happens by the working of the Lord in whom also ye trusted after you heard the word of truth, which is the gospel, the truth of the gospel, the gospel of your salvation. In whom also after that you believe you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. This is a working of God. This is not the machinations of man. This is not the uh, manufactured salvation. This is salvation wrought by the will of God, the kindness of God, the sovereign will of God, the good pleasure of God. And so when he gets to chapter 2 and gets to verse 8, he says, For by grace, he's, he's preaching the same. He's preaching the dispensation that we're living in now. We're living in the dispensation or ordained time period of grace. We're living in the dispensation of grace. And in. And, and People um, often uh, wonder well you know where is God? why is God allowing such sin to because we're living in the dispensation of grace, and God has a fullness of time for everything, so it looks like that god it looks like it looks like to to the to the naked eye to the untrained eye to, to the uninformed eye, it looks like that God has changed his mind and he's just letting people do what they want to do, and that's that's going to be it, the annihilation theory. That we're just gonna ashes to ashes and dust to dust and that's it. No. We're living in the age of grace. And God is long suffering. One day is with the Lord as a thousand years, and a thousand years as one day. That means that, that God is not bound by time. God never looks at his watch and says, I gotta hurry up. I better, I better do something quickly. God has the fullness of time for everything. And we're living in an age, a dispensation, if you will. We're living in an age of grace, and He's allowing things to happen. For his own purpose, his own glory. Do we completely understand it? No. No, we don't. He doesn't have, God doesn't have to explain everything to us. He's God. We're not. He's sovereign. We're not. He doesn't have to explain. But if you believe in his integrity, if you believe in his word, then you know that he knows what he's doing. And and then we, we become grateful because he has allowed us to be a part of uh, of his program, of his kingdom agenda, if you will. So verse 8, For by grace are ye saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. Paul is doing all he can under his apostolic anointing to dispel any notions of self-righteousness. For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It's a gift of God. It's the gift. Salvation is a gift. The price has already been paid. You can't pay for it. There's nothing you can do but accept the grace of God. The grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men. There's nothing you can do. You you can't work for it. People are trying to work for their salvation. People are trying to add to what Jesus has already done. You, you, you no, know, you're wasting time. Jesus paid it all. All to him we owe. Sin had left a crimson stain. He has washed it as white as snow. For by grace, God's riches at Christ's expense. For by grace... Are ye saved through faith? And that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. Verse 8, I want to do it one more time. For by grace, God's riches at Christ's expense, are ye saved through faith? And that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. Grace, God's riches, unmerited favor, I heard somebody say unmerited favor, unmerited divine favor. Abraham believed God, and it was accounted unto him for righteousness. That's God's grace. Abraham was justified in God's sight before he was circumcised. So circumcision did not save him. Circumcision was a sign of the covenant. But Abraham was uh, justified, imputed. It's what's called imputed righteousness. Imputed righteousness. God declares us to be righteous Because of what Jesus did for us. So God imputes the righteousness of his son, Jesus. This is Romans. You've got to read Romans. God imputes the righteousness of his dear son, Jesus, upon us. He calls us righteous, although we inherently are not righteous. We are depraved. But he calls us righteous because he has imputed the righteousness of his son, Jesus, upon us. That, that 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 was the scripture that got Martin Luther all stirred up for the Reformation, Romans 1 and 17, the just shall live by faith. It, 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 he, he got all stirred up by that because he was troubled by the, the, the machinations of the Roman Catholic Church, selling indulgences, selling salvation in essence. And he read Romans 17, he probably had read Romans 1 and 17. 200 times you can read a scripture 200 times but until the holy spirit quickens what some people call a rhema word until the holy spirit quickens it i can you can read us you can read a passage of scripture from the time you are ten until the time you're 68 but if when you're 69 you read that same passage and the holy spirit quickens that thing within you then that that's that's when the eyes of your understanding I really open, and so Martin Luther read Romans one and said he didn't want to leave the Catholic Church, but he he believed that there had to be reforms within the Catholic Church because they were they were justifying people uh by works and by selling by by selling of 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 uh you know indulgences and uh, uh charging people to get relatives out of purgatory, which there is no such thing as purgatory etc and so it is God's grace. It is God's. It is God's undeserved goodness. It is. It is. Uh, suppose you're supposed to die for a crime, and I step in your place and I die for you. Well, Jesus stepped in our place, and died for us. Jesus took the wrath of God upon Him, that was meant for us. Jesus died on the cross. He made intercession. He. He. he He became the scapegoat. If you look at all the offerings in the Old Testament, one of the offerings is a scapegoat offering. There's a scapegoat. Jesus became the scapegoat. Jesus became the Judas goat. Jesus became the the sin offering. Jesus became the trespass offering. Jesus became the grain offering. All the offerings in the Old Testament, especially in Leviticus chapters 1 through 7, all those offerings point to Jesus. Jesus, our great high priest, After the order of Melchizedek, for by grace are you saved through faith, 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 and that not of yourselves. Everything that came before that clause is what he's saying. For by grace are you saved and that not of yourselves, through faith, and that not of yourselves. It's a gift of God. It's a gift. It's a gift. It's a gift. You can't work for it. You cannot work for your salvation. You cannot work for your salvation. You cannot add to what God has already done. God doesn't need us to add to anything. How dare we think we can add to what God has already done? How dare we think we can improve on what what God has done? We cannot improve on what God has done. We cannot bring another testament of Jesus Christ and and pretend that we're going to or assume that we're going to improve on what God has done. No. For by grace, God's, notice God's, not ours, riches, whose riches? God's riches at Christ's expense. Jesus paid it all. Please, please know that. Jesus paid it. You cannot add to what Jesus did at the cross. You cannot add to what he did at the cross. His salvation is sufficient. His sacrifice, I should say, is sufficient. He said so himself on the cross. It is finished. The veil in the temple was torn from top to bottom. The veil that separated the holy place from the most holy place. Then after Jesus died and ascended, he then, uh, or, or was raised from the dead by the power of the Holy Spirit, he ascended back to the true tabernacle of God, the true most holy place. Not the most holy place built by the hands of men, not the tabernacle that Moses built. But Jesus ascended back to the true tabernacle of God, where he now even sits at the right hand of, of the Father. And makes intercession for us. For by grace are ye saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is a gift of God, not of works, lest any one should boast. Let me let me let me read this about chapter two, verse eight, one more time. Then I'll, I'll I'll conclude with nine and ten. For by grace we are saved. Be it known, let it be known that this is a sovereign working of. God, The Father ordained us before the foundation of the world. The Son, Jesus, redeemed us by what he did at the cross. And of course, by his resurrection. Uh, There's a a very interesting passage of scripture in Romans. I'm going to read it to you and then I'll finish that and then we'll close. In Romans, it says... Remember, the Bible was not originally divided into chapter and verse... But let me read Romans 4, beginning at verse 21. And being fully persuaded that what God had promised, he was able to perform. Talking about Abraham, he was fully persuaded. And therefore it was imputed to him for righteousness. Now it was not written for his sake alone that it was imputed to him, but also for us to whom it shall be imputed if we believe on him that raised up Jesus our Lord from the dead. You hear that? there's no there's no goodness of man that that comes into the, into into the equation here then I like verse twenty five who was who was delivered talking about Jesus, who was delivered for our offenses he was delivered for our offenses he was delivered for our offenses he was delivered for our offenses watch this the story didn't end there. He was raised again for our justification so uh there had to be a resurrection, not just a crucifixion. There had to be a crucifixion, but there had to also be a resurrection. Then it says in verse 5, 1, chapter 5, verse 1, therefore being justified by faith. What faith? Oh, the same faith he's talking about in Ephesians. We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. You see that? It's a working of God. It's a working of the Holy Spirit. We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. The Father ordained us. The Son redeemed us. The Holy Spirit quickened us, made us alive. You didn't make yourself alive because you became a member of a church or you shook the preacher's hand. That's all part of the outward uh, manifestations of being obedient. I get that. But you didn't become, you you weren't quickened by that. You were quickened by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit quickened you. The Holy Spirit made you alive in Christ. The Father ordained us. The Son redeemed us. The Holy Spirit quickened us. Oh, and sealed us. We are sealed until the day of redemption. And no one can break the seal. No one but God, and he's not going to break it. Why would he seal you and then break it? No man, no preacher, no pope, no prelate, no bishop, no cardinal, no deacon, no missionary, no title. No one can break the seal. We are sealed. We are sealed until the day of redemption. We're sealed with that Holy Spirit, listen to this, of promise. Look at verse 14 in chapter 1, which is the earnest of our inheritance. God has given us the Holy Spirit as a down payment. Imagine giving us the Holy Spirit as a down payment. As earnest, God's earnest money. Glory to God that I preach. God's earnest money, which is the earnest of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession. Well, what's the purchased possession? Oh, that would be us, the body of Christ, unto the praise of his glory. All right, verses 9 and 10, and then we're done. Not of works, we're saved by grace. Not of works, lest any man should boast. See, God knows us. God knows us. He knows that if we could be saved by something we did, we'd boast. We would boast. We would pat ourselves on the back. We do it every time we get paid. Your paycheck is you boasting, saying, okay, I worked for two weeks. Now, pay me, because I worked for two weeks, whatever your job was. right now i want that direct deposit to reflect what i did you're you're, in essence you're boasting whenever you get paid whenever your paycheck goes to direct deposit or however you get paid you're in essence you're boasting you're saying i did such and such now i want to be rewarded for it because i did such and such all right so the bible says for um, not of works lest any man should boast verse 10 for we are his workmanship created in christ jesus unto good works We are saved by grace through faith unto good works. So good works are in the equation, but good works don't save us. But they are in the equation. For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained. Here here Paul brings up that theme again about God ordaining things, which God has ordained before ordained that we should walk in them. God has ordained. He has predestined that we should walk in the good works. That are a reflection of the grace that he has bestowed upon us through his son, Jesus. Not of works, lest man in his sinful Satan-inspired pride boast. But we are saved unto or for the purpose of good works which glorify God. Good works which glorify God. Good works which glorify God. Jesus said, I am the true vine. My father Is the husbandman. He says, if you abide in me and I abide in you. He says, every branch in me that bears not fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he purges it, that it may bring forth more fruit. Now you are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. Abide in me and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself. Do you see that? It has to be a a sovereign working of God. If only we would understand that. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine, no more can ye, except ye abide in me. And his audience here is, uh, um, his audience, when Jesus was speaking, would have been a predominantly Jewish audience. They would have understood the concept of the vine, and the vineyard, and the branches, and the harvest, and the the sowing, and the reaping of the harvest, etc. They would have understood that. Alright, I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me... He can do nothing. If a man abide not in me, he's cast forth as a branch and is withered. Uh, my neighbor just cut down two of his trees because he said the roots were causing problems with his driveway. The, you know, roots can grow under and grow and then disrupt the concrete, the slab. And so he cut the two trees down. And I noticed as he cut them down, if you uh, about a few days later, you could see the the leaves. becoming more and more withered why because they've been cut off from their life supply they were no longer receiving water and other nutrients from the soil and so this is what jesus is saying he says uh if a man not abide not in me he's cast forth as a branch and is withered and men gather them and cast them into the fire and they are burned if ye abide in me and my words abide in you you shall ask what you will and it shall be done unto you here is my father herein is my father glorified so we abide in the Lord, we bear good fruit, we bear the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Let me read that to you and then I'll, I'll close. We bear the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Now watch this, before we got saved, this was our life. Remember Paul said that in Ephesians 2? We were walking in the course of this, according to the course of this world, the prince of the power, the air, the spirit, and that now works in the children of disobedience. So before we became dedicated disciples of Jesus, this was our life. Paul said the works of the flesh are manifest adultery, fornication, wickedness, uncleanness, lasciviousness, which is just a big word for unbridled lust, idolatry, witchcraft. Remember that witchcraft? Remember the witchcraft before you got saved? Remember the Ouija boards and all that witchcraft? Hatred. Remember the hatred? You know, the hatred you see out in the streets now. Some people, uh, uh, the the, the cop who puts his knee on the man's neck for uh, eight minutes and 46 seconds. That's hatred. That might have been personal. They supposedly knew each other and worked at the, uh, at the same nightclub. That that, seemed that that might have been personal. Hatred, black hating white, white hating black, white believing they're superior, blacks believing they're superior. Dr. King said a doctrine of black supremacy is just as dangerous as a doctrine of white supremacy. When Jesus rose from the dead, he said all power. He didn't say black power. and He certainly didn't say white power. He said all power is in my hands in heaven and earth. Now the works of the flesh are manifest, adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations. Uh, emulates, emulations would be to um, um, try to be like ungodly examples, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envyings, murders, drunkenness, drunkenness, revelings. Uh, wild uh, uh, orgies, wild parties that 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 fail to glorify our Lord Jesus Christ, revelings, and such like, of the which I tell you before, as I as also, I have also told you in time past, that they which do such things, such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Now let's talk about good works that God has ordained, because uh, we, uh, the Bible says, uh, we have been given the Holy Spirit by God. Uh, because uh, the, the love of God is spread, abo- is spread abroad by the Holy Spirit who has been given unto us. But the fruit of the Spirit, the outgrowth of the life in the Holy Spirit, right, is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith. So good works are not just um, you know, feeding the homeless, although that is important. Good works are not just setting up soup kitchens and things like that. Good works are manifesting the fruit of the Holy Spirit glorifying god peace long-suffering gentleness goodness faith meekness temperance against such there is no law there's no law that says thou shalt not be kind but there was law that said thou shalt not commit adultery that's what paul means against such there is no law and they that are christ have crucified the flesh with the affections of and lust if we live in the spirit let us also walk in the spirit let us not be desirous of vain glory which is a working of the flesh of the unregenerated mind, vainglory. glory, look at me, provoking one another and envying one another. Now envy, I'd like to talk about that another day because it was envious spirit that sent Jesus to, to the cross. Pilate even recognized that the Jews had turned Jesus over because of envy. They envied him. If we let this man continue, everybody's going to follow him and the Romans are going to come and take away our place and our nation. God bless you, beloved. I've covered Ephesians 2, uh, 6 through 10. So that means we'll pick up on Thursday, Lord willing. We'll pick up at verse 11. I'll have a brief review on the previous verses and then we'll pick up at verse 11. The chapter has 22 verses, I believe. Yeah, it has 22 verses. So what I'll probably do is uh, do part of them on Thursday and then finish chapter 2 on Sunday. All right, God bless you. Be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Continue to practice your social distancing as much as possible. I know it's real warm outside. You don't want to wear that mask, but if you're in a place like a supermarket or where other people are, I think wisdom dictates that we wear a mask because COVID-19 hasn't hasn't gone anywhere. COVID-19, as we see spikes in uh, different states, uh, in mostly warm weather states, COVID-19 is still with us. Practice wisdom, knowledge, and understanding, continue in prayer about what's going on in the streets, Uh, not just in the suites, as Hosea Williams said. He said, we got to take the movement from the suites back to the streets and uh, continue to pray about that. Uh, I pray that the Lord would get glory out of it, that he'd take a remnant out of what's going on in the streets, take a remnant and uh, use it for his glory. He he certainly knows what he's doing. He'll he'll do what he wants to do in his own way, in his own time. I admire uh, the people in the streets, notice it's mostly young people, people like under 30 and stuff, because there's no way, uh, uh, those of us who are like 60 and 65, we're, we can't be in the street for 12 hours nonstop. We, we'd have to have a bathroom on every corner, and I, I won't go into details, but, but if you notice, it's mostly uh, the young people, the young, the young, you know, mostly people in the streets are like under 30, 35 and, and under, etc., and they're out there every day. And God bless them because I believe most of them have honorable, honorable motives. I believe most of them have honorable motives that they want to see justice roll down like waters and righteousness like a mighty stream. Let's pray. Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we bless you, we thank you, we praise you, we glorify you, uh, we, we magnify you, Lord God. You are the only true and living God. You are the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. We pray your continued mercies and, and graces upon us. We continue to pray for this nation and for the leaders Lord who are dealing with such adversity we continue to pray for the churches Lord we bless you and praise you that you are sustaining them by your power your might, and your glory we pray for those leaders Lord who are struggling to keep flocks together we pray that you will give them that supernatural power that they need to do your good acceptable and perfect will by Jesus Christ we pray that as a result of this teaching and preaching and teaching and preaching all over the world, that there will be fruit and gifts of the Holy Spirit. There will be a great manifestation of fruit and gifts of the Holy Spirit according to Jesus Christ, according to your good, according to your good, acceptable, and perfect will. I pray that as a result of this teaching and preaching, and teaching and preaching all over the world, that people would grow in grace and the knowledge of your dear Son, Jesus Christ, to whom be glory, power, majesty, and dominion. Forgive us for our sins, Lord. O oh God, by the blood of thy holy son Jesus Christ, forgive us for our sins. Help us to say no to sin. Help us to be less like the first Adam and more like the last Adam. Your dear Son Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, to whom be glory, power, majesty, and dominion, both now and forever. Again, thank you for allowing us to mention your name. Thank you for open, thank you for opening the eyes of our understanding, Lord. For we were blind and in sin. We were, we were headed for eternal devastation, Lord. But you opened the eyes of our understanding that we may know what is the hope of our calling through your dear Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Amen, 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 and amen. God bless you, beloved. You be strong out there, Lord willing. We'll see you Thursday evening for another um, teaching of the truth. Hallelujah. The truth of the gospel. God bless. Take care. Bye-bye.